much different around Clubhouse than last yeah, week. Last sure. week, we opened it up. There was like 800 people in here ready to go. Trade deadline. Fired up. There was a lot to talk about last week, and deservedly so. This week's a little bit different, but we do have big news. Yesterday's news was pretty big. There was a lot that went on. We lost, we lost Frank, the Jason news, um, Reyes pickup. Yeah, there's some things to talk about. All right, once you tweet it out, let me know. I just did. These claps in the chat. Thanks, TCL. Hope you're doing well. All right, Fred, starts off. All right, everyone, thanks for being here. Appreciate you taking your lunchtime or whatever you're doing today uh, to listen in. Um, as I was saying earlier, some big Cubs news. Not as big as last week, obviously, reacting to Wilson uh, and Ian Happ non-trade deadline, if you will. Uh, but we got some Jason Hayward news yesterday. Frank being sent down. I want to talk about that. I know people have a lot of thoughts on that, specifically Jason, because it could potentially signify what 2023 is going to be all about. We'll dive into that. Um, don't have that many le- uh, weeks left of the season. We can talk a little Bears too. Roquan, uh, the news that he wants to get traded for all the Bears people in here as well. I'd be happy to talk about that. Uh, but again, happy you're here. Share your thoughts. Give us your takes. That's what this is all about, and we'll get started. All right, I have a few a list of a few different topics to go through, but I feel like. One of the big ones you've been ringing out of the past four years, is it? Oh, longer than that. Is on I Jason mean, Hayward. What, it, talk to us. I think everyone has, has had the same sentiment about Jason Hayward. We all love him as a person, but, yeah. you know, but, but go ahead and give us um, yeah. your thoughts. Admittedly, I was incredibly hard on him going back to 2016, not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I was one of the first people on – Twitter to say that Jason Hayward is just not it and I'm not trying to uh, you know make a little parade here and crown myself for being right but it just never worked out he had one good season going back to 2020 the shortened season and yeah it was a uh, man what a run the fact that he was the guy that that would get paid by by the organization full of you know, all-stars and guys that would go on to make hundreds of millions of dollars in free agency. The fact that he was the one guy that stayed the longest, made the most money, um, hell, took a lot of at-bats. It, it, it really is something. So, again, I echo what Adam just said. Great person, leader, humanitarian, obviously did a lot for the city. He loved the city, and it's not like I'm going to knock him for that. But if he was to be candidly, um, and he was surprised, and he he did not like me at all. I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be mad at him for it because I was pretty hard on him uh, for you know, especially the 2016-17 season, just a total flop and put us in a hole. I'm not saying the Cubs should have you know absolutely collapsed because Jason Hayward was on the payroll, but it just never worked out. I know a lot of people want to talk about 2016 speech, rain delay speech. Um, yeah, I mean for for morale and positive purposes, sure. You know, take that one. Uh, you, you have that one. But other than that, he was relatively insignificant on the field, and I don't think you can really argue against that. So the biggest thing, arguably, though, is the fact that the news is coming out right now and that it's definitely a different tune than what we heard from the beginning of the season where Jason Hayward was supposed to play, like, a decent role in the outfield and try to compete for a center field spot. And if that's not the case next year, then you might see a uh, – change of the guard obviously but also the sense that the Cubs are taking winning more seriously and they're taking that roster spot more seriously and they're you know hopefully trying to put a more competitive product on the field so we'll see I, I think people could still argue against that I understand that but obviously if you're if you're paying uh Jason Hayward to go away you obviously value the roster spot enough and you're not just putting him out there as a placeholder or a guy that's just going to take you know 500 at bats and hit 240 and, you know, barely hit above league average. So other than that, you know, I don't want to say it's a sad day, but it's it's definitely um, it, it's an interesting day considering all that we went through with Jason Hayward. And honestly, it just really never worked out. I feel like you don't need to give Cubs fans very much to give them a little bit of hope. 
So this little news came out, and I feel like everyone's like, wait, are the Cubs going to start to make some moves? And then the Ken Rosenthal article came out that, you know, the Cubs might be the spenders this offseason. So, you know, we've been talking about it endlessly about what the Cubs are going to spend, but what's your take on that Ken article? Yeah, I think, listen, I everyone knows I come from the stance that the Chicago Cubs should be in at least the top five of payrolls in any given year. Um, 15th or 14th, wherever they're at right now, is unacceptable. And even if the Cubs were to go after a big shortstop, even though you have Nico, who's been absolutely fantastic this year, especially defensively, I still think it's worth it because the Cubs have the money and they should be spending the money to win. And also, really big point here, and I know we talked about I talked about it a lot last year. Let's just look at how free agents have done in Chicago over the last six, seven years. Let's just look back at it. John Lester, pretty good first year uh, as a Cub, but wasn't like incredibly stellar. You Darvish didn't work out. Jason Hayward didn't work out. Um, Craig Kimbrell didn't work out. Uh, let's see who else you can even say right now, Marcus Stroman, not really having his best year. Say Suzuki kind of in a rut and is getting close to hitting like league average. And he hasn't been pay- playing very good defense. I know he's adjusting to the league, but still, The reason why I bring this up is because, as we talked about before, free agents are uh, creatures of habit. And when you're going to a new team or baseball players are creatures of habit, when you're going to a new team, you're changing up their routine. You're changing up their, you know, daily process. You're changing up the people they're playing with, working with, uh, living, all these types of things. And I think we should see that capitalizing and bringing in free agents uh, whenever it is. We have to understand the adjustment period that's going to take place. And we've seen that consistently over the last seven, eight years here in Chicago. It's been it's been a consistent factor in guys producing. And that's why I'm not writing off Marcus Stroman or Seiya Suzuki, because I think they will adjust and become better players. But that first year, it's been really hard for for players to adjust here in Chicago. I don't know if it's just here or if it's, you know, across the entire industry but it's definitely uh relevant and uh, i think plays a big role to what you're actually getting in that first year when you're forgetting the the cubs biggest free agent signing recently you know andrelton simmons yeah andrelton yeah of course he got dfa'd recently again i don't mean to rag on jed i know i've done a decent job of that and fans get triggered when you tell the truth about jed um but his his free agent signings have been brutal this year you, you look at david uh, robertson givens sure that worked out on a bullpen level but those were low risk moves uh, then you look at the rest even though they're one-year deals vr simmons um daniel daniel norris um just all got dfa'd <laughs> and then uh we just talked about stroman suzuki not giving up on those guys but it, it hasn't been it hasn't worked out um necessarily how we hoped it would have all right, and then things uh, not free agent signings and some hope for the Cubs. And last night, I thought Morel and Velasquez was an electric, uh, again, shine of hope for Cubs fans to be like, holy shit, the future. Talked about it all year. This is why the Jason Hayward news is big. I mean, we talked about Velasquez. I'm not, I'm not going to, like, you know, put my flag in the ground and say Velasquez is the next big thing. But if the Cubs are going to do this, you know, song and dance of, you know, being in last place and being one of the worst teams in the league. And for most nights, you know, playing at an uncompetitive level, then you need to give these young guys time. And at least they're giving them time. Hopefully Velasquez plays every day for the next two months. I'm not saying he's the thing we're going to go through. I swear we are going to go through, hopefully we don't do this, but I have a feeling we're going to go through like 15 more of these guys. We're going to have a hot start and it's just not going to work all work out for them. So it's kind of like we're we're sifting through resumes right now, trying to think, you know, how this is going to work. We're doing, uh, you know, Zoom interviews right now before like the real in-person interviews. We're just trying to figure out what the deal is. Again, I hope hopefully that doesn't continue into 2023 because I, I think it's honestly time for the Cubs to compete. Uh, that's not saying a whole lot, but I feel like that's kind of the holding pattern pattern that we're in. But I am all, I am all in on Christopher Morrell. He's been fantastic. He's, he's done an awesome job. He's gone through ups and downs, but he showed that he has the talent to play here, and he's producing on top of that. Two small uh, away-from-the-game things, kind of. One of them being the game moving to uh, UK for um, a trip to England across the pond. Uh, what are your thoughts there? I feel like it'd be – I think we have, like, a really 
niche fan base on Twitter at least. There's like a UK a couple of UK fan accounts. Yeah, no. And I would big, love for yeah, them to fans. Yeah, I would love I would, for them yeah, to just to kind of fully take on, on. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to get their thoughts uh, and have them on. I know the time difference can be uh, an issue, but no, I don't know if I'm going to go. I've been meaning to go to uh, the UK. I want to go to Scotland um, and I want to go to Ireland. So maybe that's a thing that we do, but obviously that needs to happen right now. If anyone else is going, congrats. I hope you have a fantastic time. Um, and then Adam, do you bring up the Field of Dreams? Do you bring well, up the, say the, the other the other special game yeah. is Field of Dreams, which I was saying is, is partly like a nothing burger because I feel like yeah. a lot of the excitement was in last year, first time doing it, and then we're playing the Reds. But nonetheless, the jerseys look great, and I think the atmosphere, I think it's going to look – it's going to be awesome to watch. Those games are really fun uh, as a visual. It's like playing a video game and choosing a random stadium because it's – you know, it gets you a little bit of extra energy. I love the uniforms. I love the uniforms. I wish the Cubs would go to those more often. Not saying I don't like our uniforms, but for as much as we wear the City Connect jerseys, I think um, it would be in everyone's best interest if we uh, played in those older uniforms more often. Just my thought. I think it would be great for, like, Sundays or Fridays at home. Um, Not saying I hate the City Connect, but they're not my favorite. I know they're growing on people. But, yeah, awesome uniforms. It's going to be fun to watch. If you're going, congrats again. Uh, should be a lot of fun. All right, and then the city of Chicago has some issues with extensions. We obviously have been pushing for extend my backstop for the longest time, and then today comes out that Roquan has just pretty much said, in the first page of it, it's like, I love Chicago, always want to be a bear. This has been a dream. But then also the front office doesn't value me and I'm not getting anywhere close near my values. So I have no other choice but to leave. Um, and we don't know the details of it, obviously, but it sucks as Chicago fans be like, why can't we just pay the players that we care about? It's just like one time, one time, one, one big contract extension. I guess Zach Levine, well, Zach, Levine. Yeah. Zach Levine got paid this offseason, but um one time. And if people want to come on here and go through the Roquan stuff, I'm more than happy to do that. I'm more than happy to talk some Bears uh, after we go through Hayward and whatever other people's thoughts are. I'm more than happy to talk about Roquan Smith and why when you have one of the best middle linebackers in the league, it probably makes sense to keep him on your defense. That's just me. All right. And uh, while we're talking about extension stuff just so you guys know extend my backstop campaign t-shirts closed tonight uh kind of a quick drop there because we needed something out there for uh for our backstop we needed some sort of propaganda some sort of printed materials out we also have a an image you could print out just put paste it on your window <laughs> every window of your apartment that'd be great anything you could do to to help the campaign we appreciate Listen, it. Listen, he's the best player on the goddamn Chicago Cubs. I know people want to say Nico Horner, but the fact that he's been as consistent as he has, I know he had a tough July. He's coming back. He's hit a couple tanks recently. Um, I know the idea of him potentially going to first base or getting some time at first base makes sense. I've thought about that as well. I know the qualifying offers out there. I just want the Cubs to take Wilson Contreras a little bit more seriously than he's been taken. Obviously, there was a step in the right direction by not trading him. But at the same time, let's start making progress on this. Again, 2023 should be a time where the Cubs are actually competing and they're uh, relevant in the big leagues. And we shouldn't be you know, in this holding pattern for as long as we are. The minor league system is going to continue to develop. We're not changing that. We're not giving those guys away. Um but there's no reason for the Cubs to be, again, in last place right now behind the Cincinnati Reds. It shouldn't happen. All right, we'll start to open up the clubhouse here to everybody. Um, I'm going to try to go in order and bring everyone in. Adam Skipper is up first. How's it going, Skipper? Oh, man. Oh, no. Big Haas just requested late. That's Big Haas, you're on second. All right, Adam, go ahead. Yeah, how are we doing, fellas? Can you hear me? Yeah, hear you great. Thanks for being here. Um, so talking about, uh, like, the Jason Hayward stuff and if we want to, like, prioritize roster spots for guys that uh, potentially could be on the roster moving forward, um, I just want to hear, like, your thoughts on what you would think about um, 
the next guy in line for a DFA or a release, whatever you want to call it, would be Kyle Hendricks. Um, I know that next year, yeah. try and compete and between Killian and Wesneski, potentially getting innings, and hopefully they can sign a another starter at the top of the rotation like Rodon. I don't know where Hendricks kind of sort of fits into it moving forward. So just when he no, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it's sad to kind of see what's happened to Kyle. He's hurt this year. He's pitched bad. He pitched bad last year. Um, I didn't think this would be the case. I was pretty firm in the fact that I thought Jay, I thought I'm sorry, Kyle would be a guy that could do this for a while because he didn't rely on uh, velocity and the fact that he's just kind of lost control and lost feel for almost all of his pitches. I mean, he'll have good starts here and there, but it's just not consistent enough. It kind of feels like John Lester at the end of his years here when, when he was, you know, he'd have some good games and he'd shut people down and he, you know, he kind of smoke and mirror you to death, uh, you know, on any given day, but, but then it's just an absolute blow up the rest of the time. So, yeah, I'm not saying that we should DFA him right now, but yeah, for sure he's a candidate. Yeah, I mean, again, I I think we'd be very naive to go into next season with the starting rotation that we have, personally. I, I think there there has to be at least one big free agent signing um, in the starting rotation. That's the biggest flaw of this team. We just don't pitch well enough. I mean, Justin Steele and Keegan have pitched well, but I think – we'd all agree. And they probably say the same thing. They're not aces. They're not, you know, they're not Jacob DeGrom. They're not Dylan Cease. They're not, you know, some of the best pitchers in the game. They're good starting pitchers at the big league level, but they're not like absolute shutdown guys. And, you know, hopefully they can get to that in the future. But if we want to be competitive at all, then we need to, then we really need to figure out the starting rotation. If that's not going to, if that's not going to happen, then, you know, I feel like we're going to be in the same situation. The offense isn't terrible, but it's it's not the best. But that's not the reason why we're losing games. We're losing games because we just don't have enough pitching, especially at the starting rotation level. And, again, Strowman hopefully takes a step in the right direction next year. Keegan and Justin continue to do their thing. You know, you might see a Killian or Wisniski uh, next year. But we need a front-line guy to carry those big innings and, you know, every fifth day take the ball and, and get us a W, hopefully. Thanks, Adam. All right, Big Hoss, you're on. Big Hoss, how are we doing? How's it going, Dom? Man, so I just had one uh, one question. Would you skip Justin Steele's start tomorrow and bump him back to Thursday just so he can pitch in the Field of Dream game? Because I don't want to watch. Yeah, he's, it's supposed to be Strowman today, Steele tomorrow. So but, who's 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 going in? Um, I think it's a, I think it's supposed to be Smiley, but it's a TBD right now. Oh yeah, I would. I mean, Justin's been the best pitcher all year. I don't know. I don't know how much they care about that personally. Just I because I know, I know the White Sox last year. The White Sox skipped Lance Lynn's start to have him pitch the next day in the Field of Dreams game just to give him because he was having a, a phenomenal season last year. Yeah, so, I mean, you know what? I would. I would. This this might sound. Um, I don't know, cheesy, but I think whatever way the Cubs can market themselves and Justin Steele being the best pitcher to do that at a national level, I think uh, a smart way to go about it, not only from a fan perspective, but also from a free agent perspective. Listen, I know I'm one of the biggest Cubs supporters. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think the Cubs will turn it around hopefully quickly, but at the same time, you need to convince a lot of players that the Cubs actually have a bright future. I know the minor league system is doing well. I'm not here to deny that. Um, but they need to kind of see for themselves what the Cubs have. And at least Justin's been the best pitcher all year, best pitcher all year by far on this team. Yeah. So it'd be fun to, fun to watch him out there. So maybe that happens. I don't know if that's, you know, one of their priorities, but we'll see. Yeah. They, they easily could do it though. I hope so. And then second thing out of the big three of the shortstops after yeah. seeing, after seeing now who, who do you want? I think, I, I think, I, like, Trey, I think Trey Turner is a clear answer. Yeah, you know, I think you could go with any of them. I like Bogarts. I think he's – I don't want to say he's the most consistent. I kind of like his game the most. He's played in a market similar to Chicago. I think he's been there before. Uh, I know people are going to argue with Correa um, for bad reasons because of the cheating stuff or whatever. Or he's talked about the Cubs not wanting to win recently, and that's why I didn't want to sign here. 
Um, but I, I like Bogarts. I just don't know if Boston's going to get rid of them, you know, and they're going to re-up with them. So that's who I like. But at the same time, the Cubs have a really solid shortstop. Regardless of what they do, we got to spend this year with this offseason. It just has to happen. I, I think now's the time to – I don't want to say go after a World Series. So I know that's not the case, but we shouldn't be in last place in the in one of the worst divisions in baseball with a bunch of other small market teams. It shouldn't happen. Yeah, if totally. Do go after, if they do go after a Trey Turner and it doesn't work out, all right, so be it. If they don't go – if they go after a Xander Bogarts and it doesn't go, work out, so be it. This team has so much goddamn money. And they make so much uh, – the, the profit from this franchise is astronomical. They should be able to consistently spend and put a winner on the field with developing the farm, season, the farm system like they're doing right now. I agree. I agree 100%. God bless. Thanks, Big Hoss. Thanks, Big Hoss. All right, next in, Zach. Zach, what's your question here? What's up, Zach? What's up, guys? Um with uh, the Hayward news happening, and then obviously the outfield is pretty much set in stone besides center field next year. Yeah. Do you see us going out and getting a center fielder to replace, you know, to be our everyday center fielder until one of the minor leaguers comes up? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe from like a, uh, you know, uh, one-year deal standpoint, but I, I don't. I think, you know, eventually Brennan's got to come, come up, and I know Brennan's still young. Um, but eventually, hopefully he makes his, you know, time here next year. And if you have Velasquez, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Ian move to center, if he's going to still be on the team or, you know, Christopher Morales keep getting his time in center. Um, you know, obviously there are plenty of outfielders and PCA will be here eventually, but I think Brendan Davis eventually is going to have to, he's going to have to get up here. I know he's finally taking at bats right now in Arizona. Um, this has been obviously a rough year for him. So hopefully he can bounce back quickly, get some fall, fall league games in and then have a good start to next year. And then he's up, but we'll see. I mean, um, obviously we can see the trajectory of minor league players change, uh, at a moment's notice considering Braylon Marquez was, you know, our guy uh, for, for multiple years, number one prospect. And now we don't even know if he's ever going to pitch again, grant, uh, let alone pitch at the minor league level. So, um, you know, it's tough. Things change. Things change a lot. And hopefully Brennan's healthy enough to come up next year uh, and begin to contribute, begin to be a, you know, true Chicago Cub. Yeah, and i also just like to add, not about that, but, you know, all these reports about the Cubs going out there and being linked to these big-time shortstops are great and all. They actually still have to go out in there and, you know, get the deal done. And not yeah, just that. Sure. There's also other needs, obviously, because – this team it still has many flaws they need to go fix. I'm not worried about the bullpen. The bullpen will be fine. Yeah. They, all, they always seem to find guys there to work it out. But I'm excited for the offseason. Can't wait. Cubs and four. God Thanks, bless. Zach. Thanks, Zach. All right. Next in, Ross. Then we have Cody. Ross, how you doing? Doing good, guys. Can you hear me? What's up, Ross? Yeah. Hey, fine. Dom. Uh, quick question for you, um, too, actually. The first one being – I feel like we've heard a lot of talk about the Cubs hoping to be competitive again in that 2024, 2025, most realistic time window based off the minor leaguers. Um, Something I haven't heard anybody. What does all this mean for the future of David Ross? Yeah, we only got Rossi on the contract until 2024. And it's not really fair to base his management decision with the team that we currently have on the field. So what is, what do you think all this means for I, listen, I think Jed, I, I think Jed, and obviously Carter really like David Ross, and I don't know if you should be worried from that standpoint. Uh, and I don't, he, he shouldn't be worried really from any standpoint. Obviously, the team isn't doing well. I am just really surprised how many Cubs fans are out there that just like don't like David Ross and don't think he's doing a good job. David Ross is in a position where he has a last place roster, a I'm not going to say a talentless roster, but obviously uh, a roster that is you know, half filled with talent. I mean, there, there are some guys here, but he's put in a position where he has to do funky things. He's got to play guys that he doesn't want to play. He's got to give guys chances that he, if he was trying to win, wouldn't give them chances. He's in a no-win situation here. And the fact that people have been as critical with David Ross is just, I, I don't understand it at all. I, I really don't. The fact that he, and I know it's, you know, Twitter and people are going to get hate regardless, 
But the fact that we're having as big of conversations or some people are having as big of conversations uh, regarding David Ross's managerial ability uh, is beyond me. I, I just don't understand. I think all the things that are happening this year, um, you know, I, I think there are so many, so many other things to discuss uh, besides David Ross and those same people that are anti David Ross are also like very pro Jed and David Ross could not be more of a Jed Hoyer guy. I mean, he's like the handpicked candidate who was groomed for the job who played here. We know the whole story, right? So if like, if you, if you trust Jed, then you probably got to trust with his number one guy who he chose to lead this team. I truly believe that when the Cubs are good again, or they are trying to compete again, David Ross is going to be here. At least he's going to get a chance to show that he can, you know, put a winning team together. And let's not forget, he did lead the team to a NL Central uh, division title in 2020, shortened season. I get it. I understand if you don't want to, you know, you want to put an asterisk by it. Same time, he did lead that team to a, a you know, a NL Central division title, which it could have gone the other way because there was a whole lot of speculation in terms of who's going to come back, if guys are going to get traded, what's going to happen to the team because of covid all that type of stuff, and he managed to figure that out. But I I firmly believe in David Ross, and I don't feel like he should necessarily be worried for his job, even though the Cubs are obviously really bad right now. Yeah, I agree 100%. And the the second question, um, you know, Big Hoss kind of talked a little bit about the the big-name shortstops out there. Do you think it's more realistic for us to to go after a big-name shortstop or – maybe address some of the concerns on the starting pitching front with maybe, you know, one or two of not necessarily not PCA and not Brennan Davis, but maybe some of the more mid tier minor leaguers. Is it more realistic for us to up do you think the shortstop position or starting pitching um, for next year? Hell Ross, I think it should be both. I mean, again, people are going to say you're being unrealistic. You can't do all this stuff. The Cubs aren't ready to put free to put money into the team. Uh, yada, yada, yada. I just firmly don't believe that. I know I'm not saying the Cubs are going to go out and win a World Series next year. I'm not saying that's the time to for the Cubs even to, you know, make a NLCS or win a game in the playoffs, but at least be more competitive than where we're at. And as I talked about at the beginning of the show or Twitter space, if you will, um, the Cubs have had a really hard time bringing free agents in and them producing automatically. It's It's been tough. You're seeing it right now with Stroman, Saya, you Darvish, Kimbrell, um, John Lester, Jason. Hay- I mean, it's tough. It's tough to do that. And I think, again, if 2024 is the year, then 2023 is the year to spend. It's why we talked about before that 2022 going into this year was the year to spend to get these guys acclimated, get these guys to truly feel like Chicago Cubs and get these uh, players to, to feel like they can make this place their own and lead a young team into the future. I, th- I think it's incredibly important. I'll, I'll go to the grave with that. They took, you know, some steps in the right direction, signing Stroman and Saya, uh, but obviously that needs to continue. So Ross, I would say both. I don't think we should limit ourselves. So a shortstop or a starting pitcher, it should be both. We have the money to do it. This is one of the biggest markets in all of baseball. It's one of the most profitable uh, franchises in all of major league baseball. There's no reason why we should have to pick and choose. Nope, I agree 100. percent I'll get off to you. I think some other people. God Thanks, bless Ross. you and the family, Dom. Thank you. Thanks, Ross. Cody, next up. What's up, fellas? What's up, Cody? Uh, good to be back in the space. Uh, I just, uh, you know, just gonna give you my uh, my vibe, I guess. Uh, you know, right now I'm I'm still kind of confused about last week. Uh, I've tried to look at it in a more optimistic way in terms of thinking maybe the Cubs will actually finally talk with Contreras. Um, maybe they'll actually talk with Hap. I don't know. Maybe they'll trade Hap in the offseason. I, I don't know. I'd, it's all still so confusing to me. Um, but, again, trying to look at it optimistically because uh, I think at the end of the day, like if they would have traded them, I would have been pissed off anyway. So uh, yeah. there, there was no win-win for me in this situation. I was just very surprised. Um, so with that said, with where, with them keeping them, it does make me, uh, more optimistic about next season. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, hopefully Brennan Davis can go play in the fall league and perhaps, you know, show out a little bit, kind of like Velasquez did last year, maybe. And then, um, 
and then maybe come into spring training and then light the world on fire and, you know, maybe get a call up in, in May or early June or something like that. Hell, if he really lights the world, Chris Bryant style, maybe just make the opening day roster. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. Uh, I'm just, uh, again, I know a lot of people were, you know, pissed off about the deadline. Uh, and you just knew that was going to happen either way. And, and that's fine. Everyone has their opinions. I just, uh, you know, I'm, I guess at this point, I'm just very curious to what the Cubs are going to do in the off season in terms of, you know, are like, are they going to do what they did last off season where they, they did get some guys and we're talking about say and Stroman, but then not, not go the, 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 the extra mile to go get yeah. that power lefty back. You know what I mean? Sure. And like, and like things like that, like if you go get a shortstop, if you don't get a starting pitcher, then you really are relying a lot on your farm. And I mean, I know like, listen, like they didn't trade Drew Smiley and like he's got a mutual option. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the roster next year, but like with all the guys they got, like, can you, you're not going to pencil that guy in your starting rotation. No, I guess maybe, can't. maybe a, maybe a long relief option, something kind of like a, like the same type of role I see a, a guy like Adrian Sampson in or a depth guy. I, I don't know. But like, that's the biggest question to me is like, will they go the extra mile to at least make this team a division championship contender? And like, it, it's not, it shouldn't be that hard. I mean, the Brewers trading Josh Hader is like the example of how bad this division is. Like I, I know a lot of people, I know it's a lot horrible. of people, exactly. Like a lot of people, really thought that was a great move for them. And maybe in the long term it will be. But when you're a team like the Brewers who are in first place in this division and you trade a generational closer like he is, yeah, like it's just a sign of what kind of organization that is. It, it, it's, it perhaps is good for them in the long term, but like in the short term, it's very confusing. Like I don't care how good Taylor Rogers is and I don't care how good your prospects are going to be. But like when you have the airbender and hater, like, and your offense is already inconsistent. Like, they didn't help themselves, in my opinion. So, you have that. And I know the Cardinals, they, they didn't get Soto, and they haven't lost since that. They didn't get Soto, and they, that is what it is. But that team is still, like, you, they, 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 they never go the extra mile either to make themselves a World Series contender. So, to me, like, if the Cubs go get that, get that starting, that top of rotation starting pitcher, and, and add a, you know, a shortstop or, or infield or whatever, that, that puts them in the conversation, at least for the NL Central, in my opinion. I know the Pirates and Reds are getting better, but they never spend, so it's hard to even tell. They have young talent. O'Neill Cruz for the Pirates looks like a stud, and the Reds have literally been like a 500 team since they started 3-22, and whatever. But still, like, I, I think the division's getting more competitive, but the Cubs have the resources like we continuously sit in these spaces every week and talk <laughs> about how the Cubs have the resources. They have the money. They have the fan base. They have, they're in the market. Like They have yep. to go above and beyond to at least make this team a division contender year in and year out. So at least the biggest question. Yeah, yeah. The biggest question for me the rest of this way. And one other thing. You were talking about Stroman. I will push back a little bit on Stroman. I've given him a little bit of break because the whole reason he even got hurt to begin with or got put on the IL to begin with was because he got COVID and then I get it. came back too early, got shoulder information. And ever since he's came back, I thought he's been very solid. So uh, I I think that outside of April, he's been very good. It's just, you know, the, the, the issues with, you know, the, the COVID and all that, like it was a, a blocking point and that is what it is. But I will say that at this point, I feel pretty good about him going into 2023 if he finishes the season strong. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. And uh, I guess I was just pointing out that it, it has been rough for, for multiple guys, not, not just one. The biggest thing for me, Cody, I think it's very telling if you are going to see guys like Patrick Wisdom, Smiley, um, hell, if you still have Frank, who we love, who's getting opportunities next year, at least going into next year, I think it's going to be very telling on where the Cubs are at. And I know Smiley's had some good innings. I know Pat Wisdom has, I think, close to 20 home runs or 20 home runs. I get it. They've been productive to an extent, but they are not guys that are going to help you or at least carry you over the hump to be, you know, a team that goes from last place to division contender. And again, Cody did a good job describing this. When we say division contender, 
that is like a very like low bar to, to try to reach because again, if the Brewers have a first place team with a fantastic starting staff with um, you know uh, a solid bullpen and they're trading their arguably one of their best pitchers away um, while they're leading the division, that should tell you everything every single thing you need to know about the NL Central. Uh, we for I think we remember back in 2015 when the NL Central was the best division in baseball with the Pirates and the uh, Cardinals, and there were three teams with like 95 plus wins. Um, those days are totally over. <laughs> those days are totally over. So just mentioning that the Cubs should be competitive in this division is such a low bar because. In reality, it's just a bunch of small market teams that are all bunched together, and then the Chicago Cubs are the ones that you know make all the money and have the fan base and have the large market, and you know they should be um, taking advantage of that. But obviously, we know what's been happening recently. Um, but again, saying that just competing for an NL Central division or like being somewhat relevant—not somewhat relevant, but like. Relevant enough where you're like competing for second or first place uh, is a very low bar right now. The Brewers are like not good. <laughs> They're just like not that good. They have a good starting staff. Their offense is brutal. Christian Yelich is toasted. And again, I just, I just don't see why the Cubs are scared of those two teams at the top right now. Speaking from – Speaking from a last place fan right now as well. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And that's like, like, I think that's been the biggest frustration for me this entire year is that, you know, and that's why, you know, like the guys from the CHO Cubs podcast, they keep giving me crap for like talking myself into thinking that maybe this team could win 85 games. And it's just like, that's just the state of the NL Central. Like I thought maybe they'd be 500 most of the year and then maybe get, have a random hot week that led them to get in the wild card or something like that. But this is what it is. I know injuries played a big part in it. And, you know, all of Jed's like one year deal signings didn't pan out, which I know he he deserves all the heat, but also like, I didn't expect VR to be like as bad as he was. I mean, he was a two and a half war player for the Mets last year. Um, I didn't expect Wade Miley to be hurt the entire season. Uh, And I, you know, some of these other guys too. I, 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 I think yeah. we can all sit here and, and, and say that we didn't expect them to be that bad. What well, the way to, the way to get past that though, is, you know, if you, if, if you had a Brendan Davis didn't get hurt, or if, if you did make that extra move and, and, you know, bring back Schwarber as that power lefty bat that you absolutely needed. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's very, it's very hard for me to like believe that this team with this roster was supposed to be this bad. If, if Jed, literally designed this team to be this bad then like then my faith in him just continuously decreases because then he's just the transparency thing is an even bigger issue for me because like he said this team was going to be competitive so no like well here's my problem cody i think like i jed went on marquee last week um and i don't want to say brushed aside the fact that we're in last place but i think Again, I know people have been critical. I've been critical of him. But I just don't want to, like, brush away the fact that, like, he DFA'd three one-year deals in a matter of, like, three months. Um, And, you know, I mean, besides Robertson and Givens, like, didn't really hit at all on any of the big free agent signings. Um, I I just – I hope at the end of the season he can just be a little bit more honest and – while this, the farm system is doing great, I'll go back to what I said last week or I tweeted last week. It's easy to sell. It's very easy to sell. It's easy to go out and get the, the best prospects for your best players and have the, the hope that these guys can do something. And then you look like a genius. And we should learn, if anything, from Rick Hahn and the White Sox, who did exactly that, arguably had one of the best sales of all time, getting Moncada, Kopech, Cease, Eloy. I mean, the fact that that he had as many like legitimate minor leaguers that came to the White Sox and, you know, you know, Giolito. I mean, you could go on and on for these guys, like in the fact that they played big roles and they're still in a position where they're in right now. I just don't want to crown Jed too early just for the fact that he made all these trades. It's easy to sell. It's hard to win. We've seen that before. 
And I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like his feet got to get put to the fire a little bit more than than how he's talking or portraying the team right now. Well, you know, I, you know, bringing up the White Sox is just a great example of like what me and you have been preaching all season about how the Cubs didn't spend. The White Sox did nothing last offseason. They signed Josh Harrison and Joe Kelly with a team where has World Series aspirations. I mean, yeah, they that's like that's. What they did was small market like, and I know none of us here are Sox fans, but like they should be acting like a big market team too. I mean, that's just the fact, considering where they're at, what city they're in. But with their ownership, it's not surprising because we've like we've seen it for years as Bulls fans. You know what I mean? So that's why the Cubs they they have to prove to the fan base again as an ownership. They have to prove to us again that, that hey, they're serious about putting a competitive team out there year in and year out. So uh, that's I'll, 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 that's my two cents on today. Well, Cody, this too, me. again, I don't mean to rag on Jed, but Jed's got Jed's to start proving that he can not only pull the trigger on these moves, but these moves are going to hit. Let's not forget, Jed has been here since 2011. Jed was here for the collapse of the core four or the, you know, uh, the lack of moves that didn't supplement the core four. He was there for all of that. Let's not forget about it. I know you know that yourself, but I just, again, I don't want to crown Jed just because he's gone out and sold and got PCA and got, you know, many of these younger players. Like Jed has a whole lot of work to do. And arguably we talked about this last year. Jed will be the deciding factor over the next like 20 years of Cubs baseball. Cause he's not going anywhere anytime soon. He'll probably be here for at least another three, four years, depending how things go. So, like, he's had his hand in a whole lot of things uh, that have gone on here in the north side. And, again, I'm not writing him off. I'm not saying fire Jed like I know some articles have been written recently. But, man, he's got he's got a lot of proving to do himself. Absolutely, man. I, I You couldn't say it better. I just, for me personally, it's I am willing to wait it out and see what happens this offseason and, and me even maybe another year. Um, but – yeah, things haven't been great for him to start, and he's got a lot of proving to do. You know, we talk, talked about Contreras and Half. I did like the the guys they got back for Robertson and, and, and Givens and, and, and even for Martin, sure. even though McKinsey hasn't done jack shit since he got here yet. But I, I like the idea that they got a piece like McKinsey for a guy like Chris fucking Martin. So, uh, for sure, I, I, they did they did do some good things at the deadline. The, the biggest thing for me to gripe about about the deadline is the fact that they didn't move guys like Wisdom or Ortega or, you know, just even Schwindel, even though Schwindel doesn't have any value anymore. Like, just just because now they, they have, they're going to have to DFA. Like, I'm so, I, like Schwindel got optioned to Iowa because he has options. But, like, I mean, you know, like, they, 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 they told Jason Hayward he's done and, and all these things. Like, I feel like this roster, like, the Cubs are on this roster crunch and, like, Teams like the Cubs, in terms of like their record this year, are usually not in this kind of situation. Uh, yeah, no. and so like to me, like that's the biggest the biggest loss of the deadline is that they couldn't move like some of these guys who are blocking guys. Like I'm like I I, I like Rafael Ortega. Like he's he seems like a good dude, and like he'd be really like I think he'd be a solid bench guy on a really good team. And that's why I'm surprised he didn't like get traded or some team didn't at least call and be like, hey, like. We'll take this. We'll, we'll give you like a low A prospect for him with some upside. Like I, I'm surprised that no team tried to do that, considering the way he hits against uh, right-handed pitchers. Uh, and maybe, maybe, maybe Jed didn't even put him out there. I don't, I don't know. I'm just like that's because of the roster crunch now. It's just very like frustrating because I'm like I want to see Narcissio Crook on the roster. Like he's been killing it in Iowa. I know everyone's calling for Matt Mervis to get the call. Like all, like all these, all these dudes that are performing well that could actually deserve a call up like they're they're getting blocked because of some older guys and that to me that's like the biggest like frustration at least with this one because I the only thing I was holding out left for this season was like just to see some guys develop like Morel and yeah and the last no, guys and stuff like that Cody Cody we got a roster crunch on a last place team that could win 60 something games it's 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 wild it's wild, it's wild. <laughs> Like the, it's, I, I never thought I'd see it, and I, and that's why, like I said earlier, is like I can't believe that this team is this bad. But you know, when you get all these injuries and stuff, it's, it's what happens. But like, 
here we are, and it's it's an embarrassment. <laughs> and God, I just again, I just hope that they they do what they have to do to just get us back to a, a level of relevance, man. Like they, they, yeah. they should not be like this. It never should have been like this. No. Thanks, Cody. I appreciate it. Thanks, Cody. Ty, you're next in. Hey, Dom. What's up, Ty? Hey, I want to talk about some. Well, I was going to talk about something else, but I do want to talk about the like roster crunch. There's no roster crunch. They're all expendable. Yeah, uh, no, I get it. I, 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 I think, I think Cody crunch. was saying something similar to that. I get it. Yeah, like I think you made the point during when you were talking to Cody, like the indicating points will be whether Wisdom's here at all, whether Ortega's here at all. Like if they're here on the 26th man, like there's no aspirations of being competitive. It's just, they can I, well, I think if they have, I think if they have start, I think if they're being penciled in to start, I think that's a lot different than being on the 26th man. I mean, I can see a world where Rafael Ortega is on the roster because he can hit right-handed pitching well, and you've seen Velasquez for two months, and he didn't work out, and you maybe have tried other guys, and they haven't worked. Like, I can I can understand that. Now, Patrick Wisdom's a little bit different, because I don't know if Patrick Wisdom's the guy you want sitting on your bench, because it seems like he needs to get a lot of rhythm just to, like, put the ball in play, and his value is simply from hitting home runs. I know he plays good, def- pretty good defense, but he's not like a – He's not like a plug-and-play type guy. He he kind of needs his reps to actually have his value be seen uh, because he's not going to go out and hit five home runs in five games. Um, so that, that's kind of where I stand on, on the whole, I don't want to say roster crunch out or however you're calling it. Does that make sense? One sec. He accidentally left. No, I'm here. Exit out? No, not not you, Ty. Ty accidentally oh. left one. Sorry, time. I got disconnected. Yeah, I know what you mean. I just really, yeah, I, I, I am disproportionately down on Rafael Ortega. I <laughs> like, I, he embodies like this entire thing to me. But but to to, to talk about the division, I mean, we're a hundred and ten ish games in. It's so wide open, dude. I mean, the Cardinals and Brewers are 10 to 12 games over 500 in a division where everyone else is trying to lose. I know. It's so bad. Oh, it's my so bad. God, dude. Like, I know, dude. So, it's so, it's legitimately, I and I hate this roster. I'm just going to be perfectly honest. But it's still only two or three pieces away from being, especially with the emergence of Morrell, I think you've. That's what was going to be my initial point. You know, where do you think they're kind of – I know he's going to bounce around, but, like, the same way Zobris was like, he's a second baseman, but he's going to do other stuff. What do you think they're kind of thinking with Morrell? I don't know. I think, you know, I, I think what they're probably trying to do right now with him is hope that he can be that guy. But he also, I don't think, has the skill set to go out and – produce with like a sub 20% strikeout rate. It also, it seems like, you know, he needs the at bats to be able to feel more confident at the plate. And if he's more confident at the plate, then he'll be able to put the ball in play. And obviously if he puts the ball in play more, he'll be more productive. I think that was what was so special about Ben Zobris is while he did play a lot, he could come in, you know, in a pinch when he needed to, especially later in his career as a cub. And even though he wasn't super productive, like he was still giving you like quality at bats where morale or Christopher morale, who again, I'm not trying to speak down to, but he has that vulnerability where he could kind of go on a stretch of like four K's in a row and strike out 10 times over a weekend. Like he, he has that in his game. I think that's personally what Jed wants to stray away from. So it's kind of hard to put morale in a spot where, he doesn't know where he's going to play or he's playing every couple days and he's kind of being that jackknife, you know, Swiss Army knife type player. Um, so, so we'll see with that. that. That's something to be determined. Um, 
I, but I wouldn't write him in just yet into that role. Even though he's versatile, I, I don't know if the bat is ready for that. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I I really like the idea of him kind of being like the facto third baseman to start next year. Um, just because there's not a lot on the market for that. Unless you want to move Bogarts or Correa or whoever, yeah. whoever the hell, you know, over there kind of yeah. keep it open, but I think going after shortstop still makes sense. Nico goes from a, a good to a really good shortstop to a top three to five second baseman, where he's proven that he's... Yeah, he's proven it, yeah. Like, well above average there, right? So, I think we can... Yeah. The only thing with him has been staying healthy, which he's finally done. So, I think the outfield, they're not going to touch too much just because there's so many people coming. Maybe, like you said, a one- or two-year deal kind of guy. But first base is something that I'm most interested in because I don't want to see wisdom there. But I think that's the the place where you can find a big bat who may not necessarily play there. It's a cheap spot to fill, as we saw with Rizzo. You know, he got $32 For a guy that's yep. going to hit 35 homers. Like, yeah, you for can, sure. You can just sit a big bat over there for a year or two. I, I, I like what Mervis is doing, but, like, we can find a, a little stopgap at the same time, too. And really yeah, we'll bolster see. the lineup. I, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate to see Wilson Contreras start getting time over there. I mean, again, I, agree. I think, I think there's a, with, with all the speculation and talk around Wilson Contreras and the lack of negotiations and all those things, there's obviously, within the front office, there's obviously a lack of confidence that Wilson Contreras is like the actual catcher that can lead this team. And again, I know that might sound really harsh, but there's something there to where they just don't feel super confident and comfortable that they're going to give Wilson Contreras the keys to this young starting rotation for the next five years. There, there's something there. And so, right. again, I'm not saying they don't want Wilson Contreras to catch at all, but if there's a if there's a hope that Wilson Contreras is going to be at this team, it's probably got to be more than just catching. Gage would say first base. I mean, the guy came up middle in or uh, corner infielder, middle infielder, right? So like, yeah. I feel like that'd be a relatively easy transition over there. Not saying it's super easy, but I think it's something that could be manageable. I want Wilson around for all the obvious reasons. Um, but I think I wouldn't be surprised if that were to happen, and I totally agree. Patrick Wisdom cannot be your first baseman next year. I would take Matt Mervis, who I know is having a fantastic year, but much more than having Patrick Wisdom. No offense to Patrick, but, like, it cannot be that. It, it just can't be that at all. I agree wholeheartedly. He, he will tell the entire story to me. Yeah, it will. What their intentions are. And I agree with Wilson. Like, you know, give him a day, a week, the rest of the year over there. Yeah. And 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 if the deal is okay, you're our first baseman slash DH that can catch. That's for one going to be cheaper, and clearly there's concerns not just in the front office, but obviously around the league on like how yeah for sure. Yep. So I think his negotiations this this winter will be a little bit different than he was probably expecting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for his sake, and especially if he gets the qualifying offer on him, um, I think over the last three weeks, I think his value has definitely dropped. And I know, you know, for for all the Wilson Contreras stands out there, myself being one of them, that's not something you want to hear for his sake. But it's kind of hard to go through, you know, a trade deadline and, and no one really wants to give up for, you know, the catcher who can DH for you. Um and then you end up keeping him on a last-place team. And Again, for our sake, it could be good, but I feel like for his sake, his value is definitely taking a hit for you know, a multitude of reasons. I mean, people were obviously checking in really hard on Wilson, and if they don't feel comfortable with him being the guy behind the plate, I feel comfortable with him being behind the plate to an extent. I think there should be another you know catcher involved. I think Jan Gomes has done a good job, but I'm just saying valuing his bat and him being able to bring something to the table as a deep especially hopefully in a pinch uh, I think that would be uh, very valuable and helpful for this team moving forward yep so we're on the same page two or three Thanks. real legitimate moves and, and you're in the conversation again you're in the conversation this this division is terrible it's awesome yeah. 
It's yep, horrible. Yep. Anyways, thanks, Ty. See you, buddy. Thanks, Ty. All right, Dom, two more. Is that good? Yeah. yeah. All right, Robbie, how's it going? What's up, guys? I just wanted to get your thoughts on the first base. I mean, I, obviously, you guys talked about it just now, but uh, I think that's a big hole on this team. So, uh, Huge hole. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about it with Wilson. Um, I would just say, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Mervis came up. He's on an absolute heater. Um, we've seen it kind of play out with Christopher Morale. He went on to, you know, he had that heater going on in double A and Jed was like, all right, we're pulling the trigger. We're doing this. And he's kind of carried that into a solid rookie season. So again, I know we're running out of time here in 2022 season, but if Matt Mervis is going to be tearing it up, uh, triple A, I don't know why it wouldn't come up now. We're, we're not playing for anything. We're not trying to win, win. We're giving everyone a spot. Jason Hayward's gone. Uh, you know, we were past that stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if he comes up and if he does well, I'm not saying you pencil him in for first base next year, but let's at least see what we got. You know what? Guys can go out and absolutely mash in the minor leagues and do their thing. But the biggest tell is how they can do in the show under the bright lights at the federal landmark in front of the best pitching in the world. So, Hey, if you can do it great, if you can't, well, there's going to be another guy and I hate to sound like that, but it's just the fact of it. It's uh, just the fact of it all. Yep, makes sense, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks, Robbie. MP, how you doing? What's up, guys? How's it going? What's up? Yeah, so I just want to push back a little bit on the, the Patrick Wisdom conversation that just happened. I'm, I'm frankly pretty comfortable with having him penciled in kind of a platoon situation with Mervis. For just, looking at, just looking at what he's done as a Cub, he's, obviously all of his value pretty much comes out of his ability to hit the ball out of the park. He is – Yeah. Right, right now he is – He's 48 homers as a Cub in eight, about 800 plate appearances. Like that's that's like pretty solid production. Yeah. I think he's been worth like three and a half WAR as a Cub. Like I'm pretty comfortable being if if there's a left hander on the mound, like just running him out there every day. Like I have no problem with that. And if we're gonna if we're gonna sign a guy like Bogarts, he's gonna play third base every day. Nico at short, whatever. Morel, Madrigal at second. Like I'm pretty comfortable with a nervous a nervous Wisdom platoon at first heading yeah, in next I- year. I get it, and I'm I, like, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I guess I'm just saying I think the standard should be a little bit higher than than what uh, potentially Patrick Wisdom could do at a platoon level at first base. That's all I'm saying. Like, realistically, we are still going to have to make up 20 games to get back to 500. And I know starting pitching has a lot to do with that, but it's we're still really far away. And I, I think just to go into the next year, we're going to kind of just mix around the pieces that we already had and i know you just mentioned having you know bogarts or correa go and filter base i understand that but I, I just think the standard has to be a little bit higher not saying you're wrong i just expect a little bit more from the team next year yeah i think that's fair enough i don't know i'd like to give wisdom a little bit more of a run but get what you're saying i get it i get it we'll see what happens maybe he goes on absolute tear for the last two months and you're totally right he's been able to hit the ball out of the ballpark uh, like very few Cubs this year. So good for him. I have nothing against the guy. We'll see what happens. Hopefully for his sake, he, he finishes strong, and, and we'll see what happens. Right, good stuff. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, thanks, man. Hey, Fred, one more more, one more guest. Borbank yeah. gets paid. Always good, J-Rome. How's it Hey, guys. What's hey, going on? Just wanted to say uh, I think it's a huge mistake if Jed doesn't resign uh, Contreras. Um, I just think that you got the best, you know, catcher on the market and you did nothing. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just a waste of resources. If you don't I bring think, them back. I think, <clears throat> it's a, I think it's a big mistake not to negotiate with Wilson Contreras. I think if they decide that Wilson Contreras is not the guy here long-term, I can at least understand that as long as they negotiated with the guy. And as long as they fill the payroll that they are, you know, subtracting with Wilson Contreras and putting it somewhere else on the team and not just filling it with one-year deals and guys like Jonathan BR and Andleton Simmons and Daniel Norris, yada, 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 right? Like, I think if you are, if Jed's going to make that move and he's going to say, this guy is not worth it, then Jed should have every right to do that. He will be held accountable for that move. But considering the fact that uh, payroll is being subtracted, added on with a legitimate player and not just guys with one-year deals that are going to see if they're going to get DFA'd in a matter of months. That's what I've been pissed off about Jed. And I think, again... Quality Jed, over quantity, basically. Yes, quality, please. Like yeah. Jed, Jed's going to go around and do 
his little parade on marquee and say, look at the minor league system. Sure. But at the same time, Jed, let's see what you've done this year. And you, you put together a last place team that's la- arguably been the laughing stop, laughing stock of Major League Baseball. Let's not yeah. forget that. You I, haven't, I haven't heard any contract negotiations going on. Current, like I would like currently it should be going on. Like I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just think there there's a lot more to that. Oh, again, Jed has every right to make that decision himself and he'll be mm-hmm. held accountable. But I just for the whole season I've had a very hard time to just swallow the fact that yeah, we're we're not gonna talk to Wilson Contreras. We're not gonna negotiate. Uh Wilson Contreras says it himself he hasn't heard any legitimate negotiations with the team since two thousand seventeen. I think that's wrong. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen with a guy who's been here for 13 years going back to his like formative years as a teenager uh, in 2009 like that shouldn't be the case they should be treating those guys better regardless if you're going to keep them here or not you got to at least negotiate with them you got to at least sit them down at a table and say what do you want how's this going to work let's see if we can meet in the middle and try to figure something out if it doesn't work it doesn't work but at least you're giving the player that opportunity Uh, great thanks Dan. thank you have a good one you too All right, Dom. Is that is that enough on your uh, yeah, Cubs talk? Yeah, I gotta I gotta go put the or wake the little guy up here. All right, well, uh, we'll start with going to Olive Garden. Um, who are you gonna take to Olive Garden this week, Adam? I feel like we're running out of guys. I'm going into the minor leagues. I'm going Matt Mervis. I saw the stat yesterday. I think this is the first minor league we've ever done. <laughs> no offense to the guys on the you know in the show. Uh, on the last place team. I'm going Matt Mervis. Saw the stat yesterday comparing his season to Chris Bryant's either 2000, I think it was 2014 minor league season. And short of like home runs, Matt Mervis has been right there. A guy who went undrafted in 2020 with the shortened draft. I love to see him get a chance here at the big league level. I'm not saying he's going to potentially amount to anything, but congratulations for to him to be an undrafted guy from Duke, I believe, who was like a two-way guy in college, has come out and absolutely mashed. We've been talking about first base all day. Potentially he could fill that role. I'm not going to pencil him uh, pencil him in to do that, but it would be great to see him get a little time to show what he can do. And if he goes out and hits balls uh, you know, into Belmont Harbor, so be it, and we might have something in the future. But at least give him the chance to do it. And he's been absolutely fantastic this year throughout the minor leagues, and it's very happy to see. I know there's some people out there that want to talk all about the prospects all the time, and I don't talk about it a whole lot because, in reality, these guys need to show it at the big league level. But I will at least, to this extent, give Matt Mervis his due uh, for having a fantastic 2022 minor league season. You know, Fred, if you're taking somebody out to dinner, it's like Olive Garden, show me appreciation – you don't have to do it with all these caveats and be like, hey, man, I'm taking out dinner. I think you're great. I don't think you're going to be like, you know, I'm going to say you're – you don't need to do yeah, that. Yeah, but I'm you also can... not but, – but here's the thing. I'm not going to give people, like, false hope that Matt Mervis is, like, the next big thing. I, I know okay, but take I, the guy out to dinner know, and just, know, just celebrate, it, it, okay? No it, one's I, holding you. No, 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 no. You don't understand because people are going to skew my words, and if I say Matt Mervis is the next big thing, then it's, you know, people are going to say, Just say you're at dinner no. with them, sharing some breadsticks. I think just go all I'm in. I'm happy for the guy. I'm happy that he's here. I'm, I'm, or I'm happy that he's having a fantastic season. I hope he is here. Imagine Adam, you guys sit down, so- have some spaghetti Adam. and meatballs, and Dude, you tell him, through- hey, I just want you to know, I don't know if you ever amount to anything, but I wanted you to have this spaghetti and meatball dinner. We're going Bobby. through so many goddamn players right now. It's insane. And, and again, <laughs> as we were talking about earlier, we have the roster crunch of the last place team that could go on and win 62 games. It's just different here. I know, it's just it's different. Right. It is just different here. God damn it. Anyways, thanks everyone for being here. Uh, I hope you all have a great rest of the day. We'll do this again next week. Definitely at a different time though. It'll probably be in the afternoon. Um, and hopefully the Cubs have some good, we have some good things to talk about. I'm surprised no one wanted to talk about Roquan Smith. Maybe that has changed. Maybe we'll do that again uh, next week, Adam, and we'll go from there. It's like a little summer. Oh no! Right well, now. definitely. You know what? We're probably going to want to talk about the Justin Fields uh, start or preseason start on Saturday, I believe. Right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll, have, we'll yeah. have a little bit of football to talk about. We'll There's a little bit of a cool talk. air going on right now, which oh, is usually yeah. good for playoff oh, baseball. You know, I love but that. God, I hate the heat so much. I hate it so much. As I'm sitting in my freezing basement right now, 
uh, yeah, I again, thank you everyone for being here. Hopefully Justin Fields goes out and throws four touchdowns and in, in, in four drives uh, during the preseason. That'd be fantastic. Uh, but and hopefully the Cubs play better and we see some of the young guys continue to do their thing. Have a God great one, everybody. Cubs and four.